Everywhere around us, there are individuals who are great leaders. They generate energy, they inspire, and they make a difference in this world. I was always curious about how they make their vision a reality, how they deliver impact, and how they transform teams, organizations, and industries. In my Leaders of Change podcast, I am inviting leaders to share their journeys and inspire us all. Here it in, Leaders of Change podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my Leaders of Change podcast. Today, I have with me Ram Tilak, who is the Chief Data Scientist and Global Head of Data Science and Analytics at Inchcape. Thanks for having me here, Iman. Welcome to the podcast, Ram. Dear viewers, let me tell you a little bit more about Ram. He is based out of Singapore. He has been living in this beautiful red dots since his master's at NUS, uh, National University of Singapore. He leads a global team of data scientists, analysts, machine learning architects, and AI engineers spread across the Philippines, Colombia, and India. They are helping Inchcape transform into a data-driven, cloud-first organization. Before joining Inchcape, Ram held senior data science positions in HP and Mercedes-Benz. On the weekends, and hear this, he writes poetry on his blog, and he mentors students and professionals across, uh, across the world to crack their first job in analytics. Last but not least, he cooks for his family. That's Thank awesome. You. Thanks, Imani. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Shall we take a seat? Absolutely. Thank you. So, Ram, the first question I have for you. Poetry. How is that? I think, I think a lot of people uh, think data and to be a very left-brain, analytical kind of uh, work. But I find data to say the truth. Yes. So if you look at poetry versus prose, poetry tells you the truth, the most uh, succinct form as compared to prose. And likewise, I also find data science to say the truth wow. about what's really happening in every organization. And uh, that's how I got involved. Plus, I think I've been a very creative person uh, since my childhood. And I wanted to see how can I um, bridge that and use that creative skills also on my data journey. So it's really helped me in a big way. Amazing, amazing. A data scientist who's using his right brain. Yes, yes, that's pretty much. And uh, and if you think about it, uh, most problems that's there in organizations, um, they if they are like very analytical and straightforward, it would have already been solved. Yes. So you really need to be go that think out of the box, have that creative mindset, um, go into the shoes of people who are in the front line, and understand the problem. And that, that, I think that right brain skill is, is very important. And also empathy is also very important as well. True. So how you understand the problem, the pain points of your business clearly before you build your algorithm. I've never thought of it that way, but it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So do you write poetry on data science? Huh. Uh, I think uh, I've, I've sort of, I've done one poem so far. Yes. That's sort of uh, like, how do you, how a data scientist would propose. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, so, so it's like, it's very technical, random forest, regression, and all these things. Oh my God. Uh, so I once gave it to my, to my now wife, and she was my fiance before, and she like laughed out loud because she's, uh, she's totally a right brain person. 
she can't get anything and she's uh she's from a more non technical side yes but but it does it's, it does make a good uh, fun conversation you should yeah. share it you should share <laughs> it with the audience definitely definitely awesome awesome so now you know going back to to data science how did you end up being uh, the chief data scientist at inchcape it's been quite a journey so i started my career as a developer in an investment bank uh, and it was like way back in 2014 2013 that time and uh, that time i think if you see there was this big article in howard business review one of my mentors there uh, used to ask me to read howard howard business review yes and i saw this article there like what are the sexiest job in 21st century as a data scientist oh my god then i started learning about it and and i had a i found a natural passion to it because i like analyzing things so be it whatever i do i always think twice am i doing it the right way even as simple as taking a bus or taking an mrt from anywhere near what's the best optimal route to take so that's that's how i am wired so i had a natural progression towards it and i started self learning r and python that time and then i did my masters in nus and uh, after that i had like uh, opportunities here in singapore to uh, work in companies like hp and mercedes benz and also start and grow teams there so fortunate to be in the right place at the right time so singapore is also trying to expand their data science capability there yeah and, and having finally, the having the right mentors exactly exactly so i've had like a uh, few good mentors along the way so i still remember in uh, in my first job in bank of new york mellon uh, there was a mentor who from a vice president of uh, of design so i got i got selected for a mentorship program there and that's when i did a pet project for him uh, pretty much on on my weekends to trying to see if we can analyze design elements in our application use data to improve the ui of the application wow. it's quite rudimentary work but still that sort of showed me the capability of how data can help solve many problems um so we improved the application and everything after that using that small pet project i did and that probably paved the way for everything after excellent excellent and you know one thing on in my head as as the chief data scientist in uh, in inchcape you have a large team across the globe between the philippines colombia and india multicultural uh, diverse organization how do you manage across the globe and manage getting the best out of the team i think here again the the right brain aspect is important so uh I'm fortunate to have grown in uh, being in Singapore which is very cosmopolitan so I get to meet multicultural people on a daily basis plus I think having a multicultural global remote team is an even bigger challenge across time zones as well so we try our best and we try and see uh, uh, how we can find the good from everyone how can we try and find and connect with everyone so for example we do a lot of things to understand about each other's culture So we've had like cross-cultural sharing sessions with the team, and uh, we do a lot of engagement around that as well, and that's really helped us to um, improve and grow as a as a group. And one more thing I learned along the way was on trying to get into that uh, empathy mode. You know, so for example, Satya Nadella talks about this a lot in Microsoft as well. The importance yes. of EQ yes. and understanding that person where they come from. So um, I'm a big fan of his work and like try and understand like how can you get to that person what are they really uh, struggling with is there any personal problem that's sort of impacting their professional work so trying to get into these elements will really help you especially with the multicultural it's a human connection Correct. that's that's the most important yeah. part 
you connect with the person humanly mm. and then they will bring the best uh, of themselves and the best uh, themselves to work correct correct yeah and i think uh, also along the way we found that uh, though we are spread across different time zones one reason for that is we are a global organization we have footprint in over 40 countries and we want to have a, a global team as well with a with complete coverage that's one reason why we have like colombia india and 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 uh, uh singapore as well yes so so you know uh, going back to ai and sometimes the ai algorithms are biased and all do you see differences of ai across the globe like if there are engineers from different parts of the world do they code ai differently good question so i think um from an ethical standpoint uh, we we try and follow uh the standards that Europe and Singapore they already have like ethics and data science yes. perspective we try and follow that but uh, they do for example some things do come out for example when we work with the latam region we have found our colombia team to uncover better consumer behavior insights as compared to our philippines team because they are there in that region they understand the nuances of that region so for example i think something in data science that we do is uh, called feature engineering trying to get those signals from data and uh, we have seen that the teams there tend to understand the the cons- the consumer better so they can build better features as compared to giving a project to to team here so you always come from an external stand standpoint for projects yes. so but when you think about someone who has been through that situation in, in that region they they can develop better solutions going back to empathy in data science exactly exactly for example i've i've been in singapore for quite some time now so if i build something for singapore i try and look for that local behavior and local perspective as well so when we were doing a pricing project uh, and we had a vehicle pricing project across the globe and when they brought singapore i immediately jumped in because i understand the challenges in coe Absolutely. the challenges in here Absolutely. so how can you structure the project better so you can add that natural the the local elements better Absolutely. and that really comes from the local teams so we, we try and follow that structure as much as possible and and again in in the data science and ai as well you need diversity and inclusion to ensure that everyone is included correct correct and you can see this even in all the companies right so when they build frameworks for uh, nlp natural language processing and other aspects they try and include diverse teams to review the framework yes. so that you get the complete perspective so there can be some word in your language that that, that is okay but another language it can be offensive yes so how can you ensure that you if i'm if i'm an english speaker i'll not know that clearly but if i am from a different region i can review that in the local language and i can ensure that's codified properly so in the future that's not offensive across the across the globe so i think trust and safety and ethics in ai is going to be important yes, and uh, that's a growing area and we are also trying to follow that as much as possible i am passionate about it when it comes to ethics especially in ai yeah. and avoiding any biases that could happen in the ai itself exactly. Exactly. awesome awesome i think this to one example was uh, uh, there has been a study on on breast cancer predictions yes and uh, if you see the sample space that they built the predictions with Uh, it was largely uh, white women so they were not able to so the cancer algorithm was not able to predict well for black women so it's not a problem with an algorithm it's just that you don't have enough diversity so and then now they have they have tried to improve these things right so that's why the ai has shown initial promise it's not across the globe in a, a ubiquitous way because of the fact that 
it needs all these data points. It needs all the sample space. I couldn't agree more. So switching back gears to your own leadership style, how would you describe your leadership in one word? If I had to pick one word, I would say democratic. So I really like involving everyone in my team when I make a decision, get their opinions, and finally be uh, take a decision on getting after getting all the opinions. So really democratic and, and participative when it comes to leadership. Awesome. I love that. I love um, you are a playing coach in a sense. You work with them and ensure that their voice are heard by you. Right. Absolutely. I love leadership, democratic leadership. Next question, Ram. Are you ready? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So if you had to completely change your profession, what would you do? I think that's a tough one. So um, probably cook. Oh. Yeah. So I think I've had this uh, love for cooking uh, after COVID more than before. So how can you, the importance of self-sufficiency, important of ensuring that your family is fed and really happy. It's a great stress buster. Yes. So I'd probably take a full-time role. Yeah. I was expecting being a poet. <laughs> <laughs> but poet and cook. You can be poet and cook. Yeah, yeah. You can make poetry through cooking as well. Yes, yes. Or you can write recipes through poetry. Exactly. Awesome, awesome. So what's the last book you read? So the last book I read was uh, The Man Who Solved the Markets. It was about Jim Simmons, who is a quantitative uh, finance guy okay. who really helped to uh, transform the quantitative finance industry. So I think if you see data science, um, I, I probably think quant, quant finance is the area where the first data science application happened way back in 1980s itself, where they tried to look at different signals and data to understand what stocks to trade, what equities to trade. And they're quite advanced in that. Wow. And sadly, it's a very, uh, it's a field in which they don't share a lot. It's not open source like what we see now. So it's, it's been like the knowledge has been with very few individuals but I find to be them to be the most advanced in, in, in applied data science. So I think his story recently read uh, and uh, quite fascinated on how they were solving problems that we are facing now, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, without compute, without the memory, without cloud. How did they manage? So I think it's, it's a good learning. Did you get any takeaways from them to apply in your uh, leadership role right now? I think one takeaway I got was to be more patient. Mm. So I think they've had, they've sort of sat on a challenge for close to 15 years sometimes. And they had a solution 15 years after they had the first problem. And like, I don't see myself being very patient now. That's also one thing I want to change in myself as well. As, as a millennial and as a, someone who's very, who always wants to hit the goal, um, I find that uh, patience is not something I've cultivated a lot before. And uh, with digital transformation and all the transformations happening around the globe, I find that you can't expect uh, changes in like short term. It does take time and you have to be patient, trust the process, ensure that you have the right framework and the right vision in place so you can make the transformation. So though it, you, you may sort of slip and it, it might be a mess in the near term, but you can you sort of trust the process to, to get a structure and get a maturity in the long term. So I think I've come to that, that learning now. And, and, and it comes also, you know, with growing up as well. You exactly. know, we, we are millennials and everything is on the fly. But then when, when you become an older millennial, yeah. you cultivate patience and persistence and perseverance Absolutely. and all. Yeah, exactly. And especially when you have like a young team and, and uh, when you see them like growing and they may, they may make mistakes, 
but you have to coach them ensure that they are mentored properly and they will also sometime understand the importance of patience and uh, how it can help in your career as well okay that's great i love what you're talking about on being patient and and the perseverance that comes of uh, you know older millennia growing and getting more uh, more growth i have one final question for you how can we help the next generation get more into the data science i think it's a very thoughtful question and uh, if you ask me i think there has been some sort of uh, like uh, mystery around data science people think that you need a very specific skill set to do data science and i'm i'm completely against that i feel that you just need that curiosity and and the mindset to to improve something and the next generation whatever job you do be it uh, an architect be it a uh, engineer or be it data scientist you will play with data you can't escape that so try and see how you can improve that and how you can improve that natural curiosity skill set uh, and that's going to pave the way for you to apply data science in whatever job you are i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more so really it's a fantastic uh, to have you here with us in the podcast uh, thank you for being authentic and responding from your heart thank you for bringing bringing your creativity and right brain to solving problem uh, through data and for mentoring the next generation of data scientists and machine learners across the world so thank you very much thanks iman for having me thank really you. happy thank you and thank you all for watching see you soon <laughs>